0: How many miles away is Poland? I have no idea. (laughs) But it's several hours by plane. (laughs) Eight, nine, something like that. Uh, There's a, a young woman here who is going to read for me. Yes, come on up.
1: May we all stand and hear the words of 1 John 5, 1 through 12. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, is Jesus is the Son of God, born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water alone, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the water, the blood, and the Spirit. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it the, is the testimony of God, which he has given about his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and in this life his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. You may be seated. Thank you.
0: As adults, we often don't like to be referred to as children. And I know I just dropped my pen. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> that was a childish thing to do. No. <laughs> but we make reference to childish behavior as something undesirable in adults, as well it should be. We quote Paul from 1 Corinthians 13, when he says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish things. Well, some of us have. And that is good because we should desire wisdom. We should desire maturity. We should desire behavior, which is mature. Behavior which reflects wisdom. But John reminds us that we are children of God. He reminds us that we have been born of God. And the very desire to be a child of God is something That should be sought after and should be treasured treasured as a thing which gives us great greatness his greatness john tells us however that this being a child of god comes only from one thing only from one thing he says He says in in verse 1 everyone who believes that jesus is the christ has been fathered by god everyone who believes that jesus is the christ has been fathered by god this is important for us to understand we need to also notice what he is not saying he is not saying that believers are believers because of their actions and attitudes but rather we are believers because we have been fathered by God because we believe that Jesus is the Christ so the reason that we are born again the reason that we have been fathered by God is comes from our belief that he is the Christ, Christ means Messiah. Messiah means Savior, King, Lord, anointed one, the one who will come to lead us into victory. It is belief that is the basis of our Christianity. It is not our behavior that makes us a Christian but rather our behavior reflects our faith in Jesus, which is what makes us a Christian. Let me say that again, because this is a a very important point. It is not our behavior that makes us a Christian, but rather our behavior reflects our faith in Jesus, which is what makes us a Christian. Our Christianity is not based on behavioral modification. It's not just a a list of rules of do's and don'ts of you have to change the way you do this, you have to change the way you do that. And if you do all this, you're going to be a good Christian. And so we have a lot of people thinking that they're Christians because they're being good moral people, because they're going to church, because they're taking communion, because they've been baptized, because they're doing all the things. They've learned the language of the church. They go to the fellowship dinners. They're doing all the right things. But this is not what makes us a Christian. It does not make us a Christian even when we're in ministry. You can be a missionary. You can be going overseas and doing different service projects. You can be doing service projects here in your community in the name of Christ. And still, that is not what makes you a Christian. Those are things that reflect our faith in Christ. And it is our faith in Christ which makes us a Christian. The faith, the belief that we have is what makes us a Christian. It is true that the child of God does not willingly continue to sin. We have we've heard about this in earlier weeks from John. It is true that the child of God cannot continue to hate his brother. We've heard about this from John. It is true that the child of God will be characterized by his love for his brothers and his sisters. But this behavior in and of itself does not make us a Christian. It is the mark of a Christian, but it does not make us a Christian. Because we believe, we are children of God. If you remember John in his gospel, chapter 1, verse, verse 12 and 13, he says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God, born of God. Because they received him, they believed in his name. It is the faith. And he gives the right then for us to be children of God. It is the relationship that we enter into with him based on our belief in him. Some of you might say that you believe in Jesus. Probably all of you are going to tell me that you believe in Jesus. If I were to ask you right now to raise your hand if you believe in Jesus, probably everybody would raise their hand. In Poland, as a missionary, we often came across that, where people would say that, yes, I believe in Jesus. But after we talked to them extensively, we could see a difference. We could see a difference between us and the way that they understood believing in Jesus and how we understood believing in Jesus. James tells us that you believe that God is one, that is good, but even the demons believe and they shudder, they tremble, they're afraid. They know, that's not only that they believe He is God, they know He is God. They know that He is one, they know He exists, they know about Him, they know what it's all about. And they're afraid, and yet they're still headed for destruction. Because it's not based on knowledge about Jesus. It's not based on knowledge of Jesus. It is based on believing in Jesus. There's a difference. Believing in something goes beyond just accepting the facts. True belief, true faith, is an intimate trust and hope issue, which is rooted in the heart. James tells us that even though these demons believe and tremble, and they know he exists, he uses this illustration to say, what is your belief, what does your belief look like? That it's not just the heart or the head knowledge, but it's a heart issue of the personal faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The truth becomes personal, intimate, and relational for you. The truth becomes personal, intimate, and relational for you. Truth is not something just to be acknowledged. Truth must become personal, intimate, and relational. If I say, for instance, I know that that stoplight is red. I see that the stoplight is red, but I still go through. And not because I'm rebellious, but just because, well, it's just it's just head knowledge that is, that is there. I don't act on the fact that the stoplight is red. I do not relate to that. It has no meaning, no bearing in my heart, no meaning and bearing in my actions. Then where's the difference? It's just a head knowledge, but it doesn't affect my life. If I continually go through red stoplights, not having any bearing on how I react to those red stoplights. If you believe in Jesus Christ, then you have submitted your will, your heart to him and you put all of your trust in him for your salvation. If you believe in Jesus Christ, then you have submitted your will and your heart to him, and you put all your trust in him for your salvation. Paul tells us in Ephesians, that it is by grace through faith that we have been saved, not of ourselves, but of God so it is a spiritual act of giving us life that we receive based on our belief it is belief that makes us belief in jesus christ that makes us children of god many times in the new testament you'll read about stories of jesus especially in the gospels and you'll see that in these stories he likes to give us insights into what his heart was for his disciples and he would one story is where they were in the boat and the waves and the water are coming up and and the storm is is so fierce that they're all afraid they're going to die And they wake him up because he's asleep in the boat, and they wake him up and they say, Lord, don't you care? And he stands up and he rebukes the wind and the waves, and everything dies down and it's calm again. He's building faith in him in their hearts. Then again, we have the story of Peter walking on the water. And in the story of Peter walking on the water, it ends, this, this amazing story, this amazing miracle, it ends with them all saying to each other, surely this is the Son of God. Surely this is the Son of God. And as we read about all these other stories that Jesus of jesus's interactions with his disciples we see that this really is the goal in his discipleship that they would believe that he truly is the son of god that he really is the messiah that he really is their savior he really is the one the anointed one the one who is to come why is that so important why is believing that Jesus is the son of God so important we sing about it all the time right we talk about him being the son of God we talk about him being the messiah the christ the we call him jesus christ we give him that title why is it so important to believe why is that such a basis of our faith of our christianity why is that the culminating point of the foundation of our interaction with God? Why? Because if he is the Son of God, he is the Messiah, he is the leader that has come to take us into salvation, to bring us out of the desolate place we are in. He is the one we are to follow, the king. So if we truly believe he is the Christ, if he is the Messiah, if he is the Son of God, he is our leader, he is our king, and we are to follow him. He's the one that leads us into salvation. He's the one that leads us out of the desolate state. That we find ourselves in as sinners unfortunately a lot of times people stop there they look at salvation linearly that there's this point boom you're saved okay now go your way now if jesus is the only hope and we did sing about this today We did sing about this, that Jesus is the only hope that we have, right? Is that true? Amen. He is our only hope, and if he is our only hope for salvation at the beginning of our experience with Jesus Christ, when we are born of God, when we become children of God, if he is our only hope then, he is still our only hope later throughout our lives as christians our only hope to avoid sin our only hope to be able to love our brother the only hope we have to love our brother is jesus christ we cannot love our brother without our belief and our faith in jesus christ it is impossible Because we believe, we are children of God. And if we look further at verse 5, he says, Now who is the person who has conquered the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Who is the one, who is the person who has conquered the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And in the Net Bible, which is just another translation, I like the way they put it because they don't use the word victory. This is the victory, you know, that overcomes the world, even our faith. They use the word victory conquering power that conquers the world. The conquering power. They add the word power in there. It's the conquering power that conquers the world. This is the faith. Or this is the conquering power that conquers the world. Our faith. It is our faith that gives us the power to live the life that reflects our belief. It is the belief in Christ, it is Him as our hope that gives us the power to live the life that John talks about. We've had a lot of talk about how we are to look, how we are to act, how we are to think, how we are to walk, how we are to feel, how we are to do everything and now he's telling us this is the power to overcome the world the world and everything in it is constantly at battle with our spirit constantly at battle with our belief with our faith telling us different things to believe telling us lies and giving us fantasies to follow and go after that are not not in line with the scripture. And the way that we fight that, the only way, our only hope to be saved from those things is Jesus and our belief and our faith in Jesus. There is no other hope. You can try to be good. And we have a lot of good people in this world. A lot of moral people who, are, who will tell you even that they're not Christians. But their goodness and their morality will rival the best Christians. It's not the being good. And we can try to be good in and of ourselves as Christians. We can try to be a kind of person that loves fully, the way that Christ loves us. But if we are trying without the power of our faith, of believing in him, without Jesus in our hearts, if we are trying to do that, it's just going to be trying harder and harder, and we're just going to fail and fail. We cannot rely on our own power to be good. It must be Jesus in us. It must be Jesus in us. We talk about grace. When we fail, we receive grace. Jesus doesn't stand up there and yell at you. He doesn't say, Brian, you blew it again. I wish you would get it right. I'm going to give you three days to repent. And if you don't... (laughs) I mean, he doesn't stand up there and just nail you. He gives you grace because he loves you. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to come and receive his grace, to come and say, God, I blew it. Let's walk together again. You don't have to pay what Christ already paid on the cross. You don't have to pay what Christ already paid on the cross. It has been paid in full. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments do not weigh us down, because everyone who has been fathered by God conquers the world. And this is the conquering power that has conquered the world, our faith. Now who is the person who has conquered the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Why again is it important that we believe Jesus is the Son of God? Because then he is our Messiah, he is our King, he is our leader, the one that we follow. We must believe that he is the Son of God so that we receive him as the one that we follow. We become followers. That's why they call us disciples. That's why they call us Christians, little Christs, because we are followers of Christ. Not just cognitive believers, but followers. Followers who follow him. And as we believe the promises, as we believe the promises, and we believe and we put our hope and our trust for everything, every little part of our lives, and we believe him, it empowers us. It empowers us to live for him. It is his power, not ours. It does not come from us. We believe in the promise. We believe in the one who gives the promise. And that gives us the power. He gives us the power. He is our salvation. When a coworker or a neighbor or a relative, a brother or a sister in the church, or anyone that we have to frequently see is really being unbearable to us, they're ripping us apart with their words or even their actions, causing us incredible grief, we have a choice. What is the truth? What is the truth? Can we trust Jesus when he says to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? Can we trust him? You see, the problem is that we read those passages. We say, yes, okay, I need to love him. So we try to love him. You know, we try to love him. We do it in our own power. We try to love this person. We try to forgive them, but it just isn't working. But Jesus, in all of his promises says, do this and I will take care of you. It will be good. It will be right. And you need to trust me. There needs to be a trust element in our belief, not just looking at the word and trying to do it, but we need to trust him. We need to trust the author of the word and his promises that it will be good. And sometimes we need to go to the source that he gives us supernatural love and supernatural forgiveness for that person. Because sometimes it just isn't there. It just isn't there. I was, I had a coworker That was very much that way. And he not only ripped me apart often, but he would rip others, other coworkers apart. And even when I confronted him, he ripped me apart (sighs) telling me how wrong I was and yelling at me and everything. But finally, it came to a moment after several years that I I went home one night, I sat at my desk and I said, No. I've had it. There's a limit. There is a limit, and I will not forgive him anymore. I told God that. I said, I'm not gonna forgive him anymore. It's done. God just said, Steve. How many more times have you done so much worse to me and I've always forgiven you? My heart melted and I realized, yes, of course, I have no choice. And it took me three years after that, before I got to the point where I realized that I couldn't forgive him because I was trying to forgive him on my own. All those times, it was my forgiveness. It was my forgiveness. It wasn't God's forgiveness. And I still didn't feel love for him. All those times, I didn't feel love for this man. I would forgive him, but I couldn't love him. I avoided him. I avoided thinking about him. I didn't want anything to do with him. Was I free? No. I was not free. There was no freedom in that kind of forgiveness. Three years later, in dealing with this issue, I prayed, God, I can't forgive him. I need your forgiveness for him. I trusted in Jesus. I let him be the leader. I let him and my faith in him be the basis of that forgiveness. And you know what happened? Immediately, immediately, this love came over me. And I not only had forgiveness for him from my heart, but I had love for him. Everything changed. But it was because of my faith. It was not because I tried harder. It was not because I was convinced and motivated to try harder and harder. It was my faith in Jesus Christ that gave me victory. It is the conquering power our faith you you have to believe Jesus you have to believe in him and let him be your leader you have to receive from him the power to forgive the power to love because you don't have it in and of yourselves you just don't none of us do if we did we wouldn't need Jesus do not let salvation stop just at the beginning of your experience with Christ Jesus is always your only hope because we believe we are children of God who love God by obeying his commands in victory. Because we believe, we are children of God who love God by obeying his commands in victory. Now we come to the third point. Because we believe, we are children of God who love God by obeying his commands in victory, having the testimony. Of eternal life as it says as John tells us this is he who came by water and blood Jesus Christ not by the water only but by the water and the blood and the spirit is the one who testifies because the spirit is truth for there are three that testify the spirit and the water and the blood and these three agree if we receive the testimony of men the testimony of God is greater for this is the testimony of God that he has born concerning his son. Whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has born concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is where in his son so the testimony that we have is that we have life in his son our life is in his son in Jesus Christ our life is in Christ Colossians chapter 3 tells us your life which is in Christ Our life is in Christ. It is not in our ability to do good. It is not in our ability to forgive. It is not in our ability to love. It is in Christ, and in Christ alone is our life. And that is our testimony. That is our testimony. What did Jesus say all the time? I don't do the things, I don't do my own will, but I do the will of my Father, He was constantly taking us back to his relationship to his father, the relationship between his father and him, and how this relationship between him and his father was the source of who he was and what he was doing. It was not just Jesus was just a good man, it was the relationship. He in God and God in him. John chapter 17 tells us that he wishes that we would be one, that we would be in him, in Jesus, just as he is in the Father and the Father is in him, that we will be in in Jesus and Jesus will be in us. This is that intimate, personal relationship that characterizes belief. That is believing. It is an intimate, personal relationship. And it cannot be any other way. And in that intimate, personal relationship, we have the power to conquer the world. And not only do we have the power to conquer the world, but this becomes our testimony. His testimony that he gave about himself was the strongest of all testimonies. And he tells us that. but he says if we are believers if we are in him we have the testimony in us what is that testimony in us is our testimony we testify to the relationship that we have with him it is our personal testimony that brings about the truth that brings the truth about god the truth about jesus to a reality that others can understand it is a bridge that joins the unbeliever with the truth personal testimony is hard to deny people will philosophize often about your theology what they believe in god what you believe in god they'll say hey you know well yeah you believe that but i think god is this you know nice guy that just sits up there and he's just kind of let things go and it just kind of goes its own way and he doesn't really get involved in people's lives. Others will say that they don't believe in God at all, that God can't exist because if he did he would have to be evil because of evil in the world and all these other things. And Ryan shared with us that we don't have to believe in a false understanding of God. But when you share your personal testimony when you reveal to people this relationship you have and that it is real and that there is a real work in your heart that there is real work not only what you've read in the new testament not only the te- not only the testimony of man and the testimony of god that we have from the New Testament, from the Scriptures, but you share from your life, that testimony is just as powerful because it's a testimony of a relationship between the living God, the living King, Jesus Christ, and a follower of that King, a subject of that King, the one who belongs to Him and follows Him people will say wow i can't argue against you this is your personal experience if you are a cognitive believer and don't have the heart belief and the faith in your heart where you're actually experiencing god and experiencing this victory If you're only a believer because of what you think and only a believer because you come to church or you're trying to just do good things, you don't have that testimony. You might have some stories, but you don't have that powerful testimony that Jesus was referring to. And it is that powerful testimony that people cannot argue against. They can't argue against it because it's yours. You have that testimony. You have that testimony. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the Son has life, whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. What is eternal life? If I were to ask you today to tell me, what is eternal life? Most of you would say that you could answer that question. And many of you would probably answer it is living eternally. As if you talk to the average person on the street and say, What is eternal life? They would say, Well, it's living forever. What does Jesus say that eternal life is? John chapter seventeen, verse three, Jesus says, as he's praying to God, he's this is his prayer to God, he talks about the eternal life. And Jesus says, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. He's referring to knowing God and knowing himself. That is eternal life. And this knowledge, this knowing God, is not a knowing that is just up here in the mind. It is a knowing that is a heart knowing because it's an intimate, personal relationship That is our belief, that is our faith. This is where our testimony comes from. And it is this testimony that has the power. It is this testimony that has the power. I'd like to finish with a story. You have a brother. Actually, you have many brothers and sisters all over the world. But I want to tell you a story about one brother Who lives in Poland, a man who became a Christian somewhere probably, I think, in his 40s, and he tells a story about this man and this relationship that he had with this guy who was the one that led him to Christ, and he tells a story about him, and he says, we'll call him Matias, his name is Maciej, but so it'll be easier for you to remember, we'll call him Matias, and uh, he said that Matthias was talking with him and had many talks, sharing the gospel and telling him about things. But our brother, whose name is Wojtek, but we can call him Albert, because that's probably a lot easier than Wojtek. His, our brother Albert said that he, was, that he himself saw he was a religious man. He was a very devout religious person. He went to church all the time. He was busy. He was an altar boy when he was young. He continued in serving however he could in the lay positions. In the church, he was very active, very involved. But Matthias kept talking to him, kept trying to share the gospel with him, and and Albert kept having arguments this way and that way. Finally, Matthias said to him, You know christianity is about a relationship with jesus knowing jesus christ intimately and albert being of course the religious man he is says well i know jesus matthias looked at him in his eyes and said then tell me about him what is he like if you know him tell me about him what is jesus like albert thought thought he couldn't say anything it shook him up because he realized he didn't know Jesus he knew about Jesus he knew of Jesus but he didn't know Jesus he had no testimony he had no testimony and that is what we need to look at today maybe you're sitting here and you don't have a testimony you couldn't answer that question tell me about Jesus what is he like if you can't answer that question then seek him out to get to know him believe in him believe in his salvation it's your only hope Give your life over to him. Believe and let him be your Christ, your Messiah, your leader, your savior, your king, the only one. And if you do have a testimony, if you are continuing to live with him as your Lord and your savior, your leader, the one that you follow, and you're continually believing in his promises and continually believing in him, then share it, tell others. Tell them about your experience with Christ. Share your testimony, because that is a testimony that they cannot argue against. I would challenge you to make that your heart. Make that your your passion. Share your testimony. Let's pray. When we stand as we pray. Father God, it is an amazing thing that everything we experience with you is so real. And so true and nobody can take it away from us they can choose not to believe it but they can't take it away from us it is our testimony so father we pray that we may experience more of you and share the intimate personal relationship that we have with you to share that with others lord give us a desire has to be your desire lord not our own working out give us your desire to share about our relationship with you father that we may be that we may give glory to you lord in all things that people will know you and that they also will have that same experience with you lord